Yo, it is still way too soon to worry about how many verbal commits Miami has for the class of 2024, but I think we're going to have a better idea where Miami stands within about the next two weeks. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So, like, certain schools like Florida State have got a bunch of 2024 commits already, and they're top 10 for the class of 2024. And then Hurricanes fans look at Miami, who has just one hard commit at this moment, and it's a kicker, Abram Murray, and Miami's class of 2024 ranks 69th right now in the country. So people are asking me, hey, you know, the class of 2023 was so good. Mario was able to do some good things even in 2022, but what's going on with the class of 2024? Folks, I don't start to worry about how many verbal commits you have or don't have really. Like if you're talking about time to worry, like 4th of July weekend is like a benchmark for me. Like usually around the 4th of July is when you get a sense like this class is going to be really good or this class is going to get some work. Like last year on the 4th of July, that was the day that Francis Maui Goa committed to Miami and Miami was putting together a nice class at that point in the summer. And so we were feeling really good. It's not even March yet, folks. It's not even March. Miami has their junior day coming up on March 4th. So that's less than two weeks away. Way too soon to worry about how many guys are committed or non-committed. And I would expect coming out of junior day, you're going to have either a handful of like actual verbal commits coming out of that, or at the very least, you're going to start hearing on this show and on other shows about how Miami is trending heavily for certain players. So let's talk about the players who are going to be visiting on junior day. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's a bunch of 2025s that are coming in. Uh, there are some kind of under the radar 2024s, but there's also some blue chippers who are going to be in South Florida for the first day of spring practice, which is junior day. A lot of juniors in high school heading into their senior years will be visiting and Miami's going to be turning that into an extra recruiting event because that's when the Canes basketball team plays their regular season finale against Pitt, which is going to be a big game that day. And I think all of the football recruits are going to be in town that day. They're all going to go to the basketball game. So they're going to get to experience that. And maybe Jim Laranega is going to help us out in recruiting football players because Coach L's doing everything this year with how good this basketball team is. So some of the top confirmed visitors for junior day. And this is per Gabby, Gabby Yerudia of 24-7. Now, keep in mind, there are certainly going to be more players added to this list between now and March 4th. And we're not going to talk about every single player on the list because some of these guys are, are three stars or don't have stars assigned at this point. But the Hurricanes do have some five stars and a bunch of four stars visiting. Five-star edge rusher Elijah Rushing will be visiting. Now, we talked about Rushing Perfect name for an edge rusher. We talked about him in detail on last Friday's episode with Brian Smith. Absolute stud is rushing. He's from Tucson, Arizona. So you would imagine his recruitment is very heavy right now out west 
right? So you've got the two Arizona schools, Arizona and Arizona State, are considered heavily in the mix for him along with Oregon, okay? So Miami has plenty of time to gain some ground here for rushing and try to convince him to, you know, go a little bit farther away from his hometown there in Tucson because most of his recruitment has been regionalized to the West up until this point. Miami will have another five-star visit on junior day from a familiar name, five-star defensive lineman David Stone, Probably heard his name because he plays for IMG Academy. Miami just recruited a bunch of guys from IMG coming into the class of 2023. So you hope that Miami's IMG brigade, uh, their contingent there from that school, has put in a good word uh, for Stone to Miami. Now, David Stone, as you know, with IMG, these guys are all national. Like they're, you know, most of them aren't from Florida, they come from all around the country. He's from Oklahoma. And uh, the Sooners and Michigan State are considered to be the leaders for him right now. Uh, my sister and her husband are professors at Oklahoma. So I'm going to tell them if they see David Stone, tell them, hey, Miami's way better, David. <laughs> if they see him on campus, bro, you don't want to be here. It snows here sometimes. There's nothing to do. You got to go down to Miami. Uh, he's six foot four, 270 pounds. Uh, obviously, David Stone, he's elite blue chipper. The secret is out. I would love to have him here. Uh, Miami is going to get a visit on junior day from four-star quarterback Air Noland, who is a show favorite. I have made it my pet project here on Locked on Canes to convince Air Noland to come to the University of Miami. And I like the way Miami's been trending for him in recent weeks. Uh, Noland has said it in interviews. He loves the offensive coordinator hire of Shannon Dawson, who's also the quarterback's coach. So right now, if you go by the on three trends, they consider Miami to be trending actually third for Noland behind Ole Miss and UCF. Go figure. But I, I do expect Miami to gain even more ground after junior day because he's already spoken highly of the offensive coordinator hire. He's been recruited by Shannon Dawson before. And I think once Nolan comes down to his uh, visit at junior day, that's going to help Miami gain even more momentum because the staff is making him a priority. I think they want to be in the air Nolan business, as do I. Miami's going to get a visit from four-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker who's stud out from California, modern day in Santa Ana, California. Uh, Mario Cristobal has been recruiting him, I imagine, since Cristobal was in the Pac-12. Baker, six foot five, 285. Oregon is actually considered the favorite right now for Baker, so Mario's got to gain some ground on his former stop here. Um, and so I, I think, you know, for and there's a lot of California guys coming in for junior day. I think it's big that Baker, who's one of the best offensive tackles in the country, that he's coming down to Miami for a visit. That's big. Uh, someone who doesn't have to travel very far for junior day is four star wide receiver Chance Robinson from St. Thomas Aquinas. I feel like we have a chance at chance now uh, that Miami is going to a modern offense again because Chance Robinson, he loves this air raid. He has spoken highly of it. Now, Florida State is considered to be trending slightly better than Miami right now, but I think the Canes are gaining some ground for Chance Robinson, who's I think uh, he's six foot two, six foot two and a half, around 200 pounds. And Robinson, Kind of like Aaron Noland, he spoke publicly and very highly of the Shannon Dawson hire. He said, quote, it's really big. He said, uh, I think this was to on three, this quote, he's a big air raid kind of guy. And what receiver doesn't want that? Chance Robinson said about Miami. So I think it's everybody's hope now that with Miami having an offensive coordinator who's wide receiver friendly uh, in a system that's wide receiver friendly, you're going to have better luck with some of these elite outside receivers. And of course, once Miami hires a wide receivers coach, 
that's only going to help this process of recruiting wide receivers. Um, top 24-7 athlete, Makai Danzi, is going to be visiting. Now, he attends a high school called Florida State University School in Tallahassee, Florida. So I don't think I have to give you too many hints as to which university is considered to be trending for him. Uh, it's, you know, those Seminoles up north. Uh, so Miami can try to gain some ground there. Uh, four-star defensive lineman Aiden Breland, also from modern day in Southern California. So he's going to be coming down with Brandon Baker uh, for Breland. USC, Oregon, and Colorado right now are considered to be trending the highest for him at the moment. Uh, top 24-7 defensive lineman T.A. Cunningham is going to be visiting. Another California kid, different school. He's from Los Alamitos. This dude has crazy size, T.A. Cunningham. Six foot six and a half. So he'll probably be six foot seven by the time he graduates high school. 275 pounds. He's got that Daryl Jackson type of size and reach. Uh, so out west, USC is considered one of the schools trending for him. But apparently he's got a lot of interest in the deep south because Georgia and obviously Georgia, yeah, they've been pretty effective in recruiting defensive linemen in recent years. In case you haven't noticed, Georgia, even Georgia Tech and Tennessee are also considered to be in his recruitment. Uh, Four-star interior offensive lineman Daniel Cruz will be visiting. Solid player from the Lone Star State. So uh, schools like Baylor, Texas, Texas A&M, SMU, all the schools in Texas are considered in the mix for him. But he's going to be down here for junior day. Uh, and this is an interesting one. Quarterback Danny O'Neill. Three-star quarterback from Indianapolis. Uh, he's trending to Kentucky at the moment. I, I wonder how much Miami likes him. I don't love his size at just six foot tall, but I got into a Danny O'Neill vortex where I was watching a lot of his high school highlights, and it, it's interesting. He's got a quick release. He's got some wheels on him. He can run. Like He looks good in the read option, so he doesn't have great quarterback size at only six foot tall, but he's got a decent arm, and he's got some wheels. So kind of a potential dual threat in that regard. So those are some of the players that I wanted to highlight who are going to be visiting Miami on junior day. Uh, I've got a note when we come back on the running backs coach search and how certain things are being reported on it, which I find pretty interesting. And we're going to open up the mailbag because you guys are asking awesome questions about Miami's new offenses and defenses next year, uh, how the coordinators are going to use their talent. And if you want to tweet us, Always open, bros. You can tweet us at Locked On Canes. And if you follow us at Locked On Canes, we will follow you back. Keep it locked right here to the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, if you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. This morning for breakfast, I had uh, the peanut butter and chocolate granola Built Bar. The Built Granola Bars are really good. The puffs are great. The original bars are great. Guys, if you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you're not going to think that they're good for you, but they are perfect for that New Year's resolution of yours. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but... These bars, they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. You can still order them online at Built.com with our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. But now you can go in in person and grab them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's, that's right. Head into your nearest Walmart or Sam's Club today, like our listener Al 
buys them at Sam's Club all the time. Pick up a 13-bar box with our hit flavors. You can thank me later because I love me some Built Bars. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Make sure you make Locked on College Basketball with Isaac Shade and Andy Patton your second listen, especially with the way the Miami Hoops team has been playing. Up to number 11 in the AP poll. Giddy up. Actually, number 13 in the AP. Sorry. 13 in the AP, number 11 in the coaches poll. So they're borderline top 10. If Miami keeps winning, they play Virginia Tech tonight. That's a big one. If Miami can keep winning, they could end up, I think, with a two seed if they stay on the track that they're on. So uh, they they talk about the Canes and all the top college basketball teams on Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, no, we don't have a running backs coach yet, at least not at the time that I'm speaking to you. That could change any minute. But, you know, we talked yesterday about the way the running back coach was being reported. Um, you know, an ESPN report came out that uh, Telly Lockett, who has history coaching South Florida High School, recruits the area. Uh, an ESPN reporter yesterday tweeted that Telly Lockett is staying at Marshall, and they noted in the tweet that he might have been a person of interest at Miami. So a lot of people assumed that that meant Telly Lockett was turning down the Miami Hurricanes running backs coaching job in favor of staying at Marshall. Repeat after me. He was never offered the job at Miami. That has been confirmed now. Telly Lockett was never offered the job. He was apparently eliminated from contention before he decided he was staying at Marshall. I think Miami made that decision very easy for him. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, so he was never offered the job, okay? So, you know, if, if anyone, like I know that uh, people were going crazy yesterday. Some of the really negative Miami fans were like, this guy would rather stay at Marshall than come here. Our program's in shambles. And then the Florida State fans who are obsessed with us were like, Ah, they don't want, nobody wants to coach at Miami. Nobody wants to be there. But listen, I, I don't know if Telly Lockett wanted to be here or not, but he wasn't offered the job, okay? Uh, now, here's a name for a potential running backs coach that a couple of people asked me to look into. I, I think it might be because maybe one of the sites listed him as a person of interest here, um, and it would, it would make sense. So a couple of my listeners were tweeting me yesterday about Jim Mastro. Jim Mastro, Maestro, Mastro, he worked under Mario Cristobal at Oregon coaching running backs. And he's been coaching running backs for over three decades, okay? And he and Mario have that relationship. They have that chemistry. Um, you know, one of our listeners told me that, you know, he's heard something through the grapevine about Mastro being in the mix. Um, I would hire him just because he sounds Italian. Like, I'm pretty sure Mastro, I'm pretty sure he's he's got to be got to be from the peninsula over there. So I would give him the job strictly based on that. Uh, but he, here's a potential problem, though, uh, that I, I don't know if this situation in Mastro's life has changed or not. So I went down a, a Mastro vortex last night after I was done watching film of that quarterback from Indianapolis. I started to read about Mastro, like pulling up news articles and stuff and um, his current situation. So he he took a job last year working in football operations at Nevada. And uh, so you'd say, oh, he's working in operations. Seems like he'd rather be on the field coaching, right? Well, according to a couple of the local newspaper articles, when he took the job there, the reason why he took that job is uh, apparently, I don't know what it is. I don't know the details, but apparently he's got some kind of a family situation that requires him to live in that part of the country. 
I don't know if that situation has since changed over the past year, but if it hasn't, it would be really hard to get him down here to South Florida if he's living over there for for family reasons. Um, you know, someone was telling me, I don't know, may, maybe his situation has changed, but I don't know. I don't even know what the situation was, but it was re- reported in a couple of the newspapers when he took that job that he wants to work uh, at that specific part of the country for a family reason. So I, that could be something that could uh, get in the way here. But if, if Mastro was available, he and Cristobal have worked together before. Uh, Mastro coached up talents like Travis Dye and CJ Verdell. So excellent coach. Um, but, you know, can he work with Shannon Dawson? Can he work well with Dawson? Because as, as I've said it a hundred times over the past week, ever since Dawson became the offensive coordinator, I want to make sure that when you're hiring a wide receivers coach and a running backs coach, this is not only somebody that Mario wants, but somebody Dawson wants and feels like he can have chemistry with on the staff. I don't want the head coach forcing anybody onto the staff that won't get on well with the offensive coordinator. Now, maybe Shannon Dawson is just such a great guy. He can work with anybody. Maybe that's the case. Uh, But, you know, it's not just a personal thing. It's also a football thing and a philosophy thing. So I want to make sure that Cristobal finds somebody for these jobs that not only works well with Mario, but also works well with Shannon Dawson, because I want to have full chemistry and harmony on the staff. That's what I want. Okay. So, all right. uh, I want to answer some of you guys' questions. This kind of goes back to what we were talking about with recruiting. We got a tweet from MMU who tweeted us at locked on canes. And if you follow us at locked on canes, we will follow you back. He says, is it possible that the new coordinators have issues identifying the talent at the level that Mario Cristobal wants. Now, I think, MMU, you're probably asking me this because there's been a lot of chatter on Kane's Twitter about the new coordinators making offers because when players get offers, they usually tweet about it. Like, I've been offered by Miami, right? Uh, There's been a lot of chatter about coordinators making offers to some three-star guys that maybe a lot of us haven't heard of. Right. So you're like, who are these players? Why are we not just offering the top talent? So I think part of this comes from maybe some of these players are guys who were being recruited by our coordinators at their previous stops at Marshall and Houston. So you're saying, well, you know, they're at Miami now. We we don't need to be recruiting Marshall and Houston type of talent at Miami. I get that and I agree with it. But remember this. I highly doubt that Mario Cristobal, who is obsessive over recruiting and scouting, I highly doubt he's letting any of his assistants hand out offers to players he doesn't sign off on. Mario is signing off on all of these. An offer does not go out that he doesn't approve of because, you know, you've got a finite number of offers if players start accepting them and committing. There's only so many you can hand out. So Mario is not letting his assistants go rogue and offer anybody without getting his approval first. Uh, Plus, I think you guys forget about a certain factor. Alonzo Highsmith. He's got a hand in studying a lot of these under-the-radar type of players, right? That's a huge part of Zoe's job. Alonzo Highsmith, he's got a background in scouting. He did it for decades in the NFL, and he's studying a lot of these players that others don't necessarily know about. Because, listen, if Mario Smith, if Mario Cristobal wants a scouting report on somebody like Jeremiah Smith, he, he doesn't need to waste Alonzo Highsmith's time with that. Everybody knows about Jeremiah Smith, like the David Stone, the five-star guys, but... Alonzo Highsmith, he's studying some of these under-the-radar players. 
Okay, Zoe is here to watch some of these three star types who don't get the same sort of coverage that the blue chippers get. Okay, so um, and and believe me, for all the offers you see three star players tweeting about, Miami's got offers out to all the four and five star guys as well. It's not like they're not offering these players. So I, I I'm not going to say there's any reason to be concerned about Miami's coordinators offering guys who are not up to the not up to the up to snuff for like the four and five star guys. Uh, Gerald Gregory asks us, do you think we can get quality wide receiver talent that will make an immediate impact from the transfer portal now that we have a new offensive coordinator? Well, so, okay, this is going to become even more clear once we have a wide receivers coach. In the meantime, apparently Stephen Field, the tight ends coach, has been recruiting receivers because, again, Miami doesn't have a wide receivers coach right now, so different recruiters are having to chip in. Uh, but as far as wide receiver talent in the portal, uh, the guy that we've been talking about for weeks, if not months, and he still hasn't made up his mind yet, Miami is going to keep being aggressive for Gary Bryant Jr. from USC. I know that Mario has made him feel like a priority. Um, and plus, you know, Gary Bryant is a name who's still hanging around in the transfer portal. In May, when the portal opens up again, believe me, there are going to be other receivers around the country who are hitting the portal. There are certain players who haven't made that decision yet. They want to see how spring football plays out at their current spot, and then they'll make up their mind, and there's going to be players who hit the portal. So to answer your question, yes, I, I think Miami's going to end up bringing somebody like a Gary Bryant who can make an immediate impact. And also, uh, I'm not sleeping on certain guys who are in the receiver room right now, like Isaiah Horton, Michael Redding. Hopefully Frank Ladson can rediscover some form, and Colby Young, obviously, Jacoby George, like – there, there are guys in the wide receiver room right now who I think can benefit from better play calling, better, um, just a better route tree, and hopefully better wide receiver coaching. We'll see who comes in. But that, that is an excellent question. All right, we've got questions about uh, how the new coordinator is going to use his tight ends. We've got questions about the wide receiver and running back job opening. So we're going to get to all that, folks. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. And guys, if you're a small business owner or hiring manager, folks, you know how important it is to get the right people for your job. That's why LinkedIn Jobs, folks, LinkedIn Jobs is doing incredible work finding you qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your 2023 goals. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Guys, as an employee, I have gotten jobs through LinkedIn jobs before. If you're a small business owner, post your job, linkedin.com slash locked on college. They're going to put the hashtag hiring frame on your profile so people know that you are hiring. They've got a network of over 875 million people. They're going to help you for free connect with the employees you need. So check it out, linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply thank you so much for making locked on canes your first listen today we are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on youtube get a question from nick green who says who do you think will be landing the wide receiver and running back job openings uh and he asks, i think more importantly what's your eta on an announcement since spring ball is uh is about two weeks away um again i um my opinion on who gets these jobs does not matter. I can tell you it's not going to be Telly Lockett because he's he's out of the running for it. Um, you know, I I would like to see 
somebody like James Coley on the staff. Maybe if he becomes a wide receivers coach, I love Reggie Wayne, but I don't think he's going to take the job. Uh, Leonard Hankerson, I love at wide receivers coach. You know, my guy at running backs coach, I would love to have Tim Harris Jr. on the staff, but I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be at either of those spots. We will find out. Mario Cristobal, the loafers move in silence. He keeps us very close to the vest. As far as the timetable, I think it's very realistic to assume that by the end of this week, Miami's got new wide receiver and running backs coaches because even though Mario keeps it very close to the vest, uh, I have been told that the interview processes are moving along nicely, that they are actively seeking candidates. Maybe they're using LinkedIn jobs for that, but the processes are moving along. I think it's real. It's Tuesday right now. I think it's very realistic to think that by the end of the week, you've got new running backs and wide receivers coaches. So I think that's the timetable. I think uh, with over a week to go before spring football, I think Miami's going to have basically a full staff. Okay. Uh, Jake W says with Elijah Arroyo and Jaleel Skinner seeming to be the top two tight ends in the fall. What do you think of Riley Williams getting into the mix? Uh, yeah. Out of, you know, Riley Williams, Jackson Carver, a couple of very talented true freshman tight end coming in. I think Riley Williams is probably like the more, ready to play right away type of guy, although they're both gigantic. So, you know, they're not lacking in size. They're both 6'6", six, 6'5". Six, six, but Riley Williams, I think, is a little bit more polished. I could see him getting involved um, because – and Jake also asked how Shannon Dawson is going to use his tight ends in this offense. Well, first of all, I think a guy like Jaleel Skinner can also line up wide, and you could potentially get multiple tight ends on the field. So that's one thing. Um, now Dawson. So if, if I look at the stats that his tight ends put up the last couple of years, their top tight end at Houston, the last couple of years was uh, Christian Trahan. He caught 23 passes for 237 yards and three touchdowns last year. The year before that he caught 37 balls for 398 yards. So he wasn't getting Will Mallory type of reps like Will Mallory in Miami's offense last year. He caught 42 passes for 538 yards. So you could just look at those stats and say, well, okay, uh, Miami had a tight end who caught a lot more than the Houston tight end. So maybe the, maybe the Miami tight ends won't be used as much in this offense. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case because Houston didn't have tight ends at the talent level that Miami has and had when, you know, obviously Mallory is going on to the NFL, but still Miami's got a pretty loaded tight end room. So uh, I think the tight ends will get a lot of burn. I, I think I will, um, you know, and, I think for Shannon Dawson, the big thing for him is just get your best receivers involved, whether it's a wide receiver, slot guy, or a tight end. Like at Houston, their top receiver by far was a slot player, Tank Dell, who's an absolute stud. Like that guy, shifty, as as you would possibly imagine with the way he makes tacklers miss and all that. Like Tank Dell was uh, Houston's leading receiver. So, you know, Miami's just going to try to get the football to their most talented players. So we can look at that. Get a question from Cosmo251, who says, what is Miami going to do in order to reduce injuries this year? Uh, first thing I would do is pray for some better luck, because Miami's injury luck last year was awful. Uh, a lot of people try to blame the strength coach for that. Um, one thing I will say is, you know, when players are like in their first year under a more rigorous practice schedule and a more rigorous strength and conditioning program sometimes their bodies just aren't ready for that so I think year two uh, of that regimen I think these guys are going to be better conditioned for it hopefully that helps you cut down on injuries but listen 
a lot of the injuries that Miami had last year, like they weren't the result of overtraining. They were just, you know, the result of, of really poor luck. So hopefully a lot of that can clean up this year. And uh, yeah, I mean, if Miami has the type of poor injury luck this year that they had last year, we're in big trouble. So I got a couple more questions that came in. I am not going to have time for, but I will get to these on an upcoming episode because I think we're going to have time to open up the mailbag again in the next couple of days. So um, we had some questions I'm not going to get to from Caesar and from Mikey, just to name a couple. So we will get to you guys later in the week. And if you guys want to keep sending in questions for an upcoming mailbag, you can get us at Locked on Canes on Twitter. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we're going to follow you back. So thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Uh, for anyone in South Florida or if you've got a smartphone, uh, I'm going to be hosting the Hawk and Crowder show today on 560 WQAM in Miami from 2 to 6 p.m. So if you want to listen, we're going to do some Canes talk on that show. So if you want to listen to that, you can get us on the Odyssey app or on 560 AM in South Florida. And I will talk to you guys again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.